Um, I just want to talk about something that's really in vogue with modern offensive basketball. Get deep. And that's just some concepts and principles of the deep penet penet penetration, deep dribble penetration game. Well, all series long, we've been able to penetrate their bigs. But there's also a topic within a topic. Get deep. Suck the D in, and then we penetrate their bigs. Get deep. That's the the ostensible reason for for doing the clinic. Four four man pod. Four man podcast. Welcome to Drafttastic Deep Penetration. Uh, we've got Mike, owner of the Seven Minutes. Tyler, owner of the Flint Tropics. Jeff owner of the Blind Pigs and the league commissioner, and myself, Forrest, owner of the Unibros. So uh, we've we've had a lot of controversy in the league over the, l- the last few weeks over trades between Seven Minutes and Flint Tropics. I feel like since, since the season's gotten started and Mike isn't dominating quite yet, um, it, it's, it's uh, tailed off a little bit. It's not quite as... It's, it as it's, it was. it's hangover from the bubble. It's bubble hangover, my That's team. Right. That's right. <laughs> Just saving yourself for the, the, the playoffs, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Got on the Doing board some... this week, though. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna win this week, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm gonna win this week. Uh it helps having you know like a full roster. I mean, this is a weird time to do a podcast after this weekend. I mean, we have lots of stuff we can talk about, I guess, yeah. right? Yep. Um, with all the COVID stuff, but yeah, but. yeah, we should. Do you guys want to do um, kind of uh, kind of league overview stuff, or start with your trade history? Which which order you want to go in? We should do. I feel like we should do league overview stuff. That's in my head right now. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the end of the week. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So. This week, uh, Blazers won. What did it start with? Was it a started win? with the Bulls loss, right? Or was that the second Bulls. game of the week? Yeah, was it Bulls loss? It was Warriors loss at the end of the last week, and then Bulls loss, then two blowout wins. So that's been up and down. And then, <clears throat> like, I was thinking maybe my boy Zach Levine would get Player of the Week this week because he dropped the last three games. 32, 38, 45 with like seven rebounds, five rebounds, seven rebounds. And then I'm like, oh, their only win this week was the Blazers. They lost to the Kings, Lakers, and Clippers. Yeah. So you're not going to win player of the week going one and three. No. And I'm like, oh, great. Of course, their only win was against us. It's a fantasy monster, though. He had a, a million a points tonight, monster. too, right? He had 45, seven, and seven with 10 threes tonight. Jeez. Ten th- <laughs> Which is pretty big because I beat four, five to four, and I beat him by. Uh, like 56 points or something like that. Um, and so him going off tonight obviously helped with Jalen, yep. Duncan, and Olenek's well, actually been starting and playing really well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but been that was well. huge for me. And then Davis sat the other day. So yep. that kind of oh, yeah. was a pretty big swing right there with Davis sitting and Levine going off. Yeah. I think it looks to me like Davis is doing a, a load management with back to backs. He has. I don't think he's played both games of a back-to-back yet, and they've had two or three. I can't remember how many they've had so far. But. Yeah, Blazers were because they played Sunday last week, so they were two and one. The two blowouts. Yeah, that's the that's the hard part about owning players that are like 
franchise players now yeah. is that they get this superstar treatment, which hinders their fantasy output. Yeah. When the reason why Giannis was so good is because they didn't like, he just played all the damn time and never yeah. got injured and yeah. had amazing output. But mm-hmm. this year, I think this year he's going to start to get that superstar treatment and get sat. Well, yeah, I was wondering, like, how many of those guys are actually doing that? I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Kawhi, AD. We're seeing it a little bit with Paul George. Mm-hmm. Um, are they, are LeBron, they kind kind of. LeBron, kind of. Uh-huh. LeBron's Le- not necessarily a back-to-back, but, like, if they're playing the Timberwolves, LeBron's not playing. You know, like, no matter when, it, no matter how many days off they've had mm-hmm. type of thing, he kind of – I yeah. feel like he really started that. Like, we credit Kawhi with that, but I feel like LeBron really did it where – you know, one of the years in Miami, he, he just took like a mu- he just took a month off. Took He's a like, month yeah, off. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, not oh, play yeah. this month and rest up. Maybe yeah. it was like after an Olympic year and like the finals before and after, but he yeah. just took like February off. And I was like, chill. Maybe Embiid does it. Does Joel do it? Maybe Embiid. Well, I they've always he... done it with them, but yeah, I and think it... Doc's not necessarily as afraid of it as maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it seems like it seems like Kyrie and. Uh, and uh, Durant are both doing it this year. Uh-huh. Russell is doing it too. I mean, he's yeah. not in our league, but yeah. Russell is not playing on any back-to-back. Hmm. Who? Um, Russell well, oh, Westbrook, not yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. 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 So it is yeah. Be right, Michael. It's kind of tough to like because those guys are so good. Like you want to own them, but then they also kind of kick you in the butt a little bit during the week when they sit out. It's it's well, that was. That was Forrest's always gripe. He had AD and he had PG-13, and they were always getting sat on back-to-backs. Yeah. It was just such George a – just hurt. I mean, Davis was hurt a lot, and then George sat out that year. Well, and last year, George sat – George and Kawhi would just like – it felt like they just alternated games. It felt like – I mean, I know he played more than this, but it felt like they just like kind of split the season up like, you take a third, I'll take a third. Yeah. I'll yeah. take like – and then the other ones, it was like maybe half of the other third they both played, and half of the other third neither of them played. I don't know. I, that's how it yeah. felt to me. That's it's why I weird, traded him for CJ. Sure, CJ's been good. It's a it's a weird season though because I feel like COVID is going to blow through the league. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to get COVID in the league, right? Mm-hmm. If they haven't already gotten it, so mm-hmm. everyone's going to get two weeks off at yeah. some point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could be. So maybe that's incentive to not rest. I don't know. That's the thing I was thinking with the NFL playoffs this week. I was like, oh, if your team got COVID, it wasn't really a big deal because you only play one game a week. Or like if you had an outbreak, like the Browns a couple weeks ago, they had their whole receiving court had it. So it was just that one game that really affected them. And I mean, yeah, the season is shorter, but the NFL did a good job of delaying games and really not making it an issue where with basketball, it's so much harder. You're playing three or four games a week and if you go like Tatum's in 10 to 14 day protocol you know he's gonna miss seven games potentially mm-hmm. yeah and then so well there were how, there were three catastrophic injury exemptions that used this week is that right Jeff I, I there was three and I think there actually could be four if um Brett wants to use it with Killian Hayes that's right Killian Hayes yeah and right then, who were the four uh well Thomas Bryant Killian Hayes maybe so here's the Bogdanovich one. They yeah. said that they haven't released a timeline. It seems like that's probably a year long thing. But then I mm-hmm. was looking it up because I was like, oh, why don't they just have him as out yet? 
and it was saying like you can just heal with rest and like you know, who knows, maybe he plays again, which would suck for you for it. Yeah, yeah. The whole year and comes back in May. You've used would... it though. You're using it, right, Forrest? I I need to look at the rules to see I like what what we have what well, the, the rules been set up like where it's a season ending ending injury, but it's also yeah. been a little bit um fluid too, because we've kind mm-hmm. of changed things because we haven't wanted to like completely penalize people. Yeah. Um, like Michael, I know a couple of years ago you had like two or three. So we made them like you, I think originally it was only like, you can only have one catastrophic injury. But then yeah, it was like a year two. that, uh, yeah, it was a year that I had Port Zinger and Hayward both go down. Yeah. yeah. So, so I know we made, we made it like a max of three. Yeah. Um, but now like with Forrest, like, like I woke up this morning, almost like happy that Thomas Bryant tore his ACL. Because I'm like, okay, he's gone for the year. I can sign somebody. Yeah. Um, we're forced. Yeah. So I don't know, like, we need to look at that rule. If it's more like he's going to miss an extended time, like a month or more, mm-hmm. then you can apply for it and get a replacement. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I think we need to be open to it. Yeah. Or maybe it has to be something like you can sign a replacement <clears throat> player, but if he comes back, he's oh. he's not rostered until next year or something like that. Oh, I see that. I don't know something because I remember um, there was one year for me with Paul George where there was some talk about him coming back yeah. that year that he was hurt. Yeah. And then well, yeah, and he s- played like the last fourteen games or something, right, or ten games just to get his like yeah, under. yeah, so, and and that kind of got weird. I think he, even in the league, it was a little bit weird. In in the NBA, it was sort of a. That was when he – that was, like, wasn't there questions on whether or not he wanted to play? Or am I thinking Kawhi? That was – That might have been Kawhi with his quad. That's Kawhi. Yeah. So, there was Thomas Bryant, Killian Hayes, uh, Bogdanovich, and then who's the other one? Clay Thompson was one. But that – I mean, that's kind of, like, retroactive. But Sure. Okay. Um, and then um, who did Boski lose? Boski. Oh, Bos- Fultz. Uh, yeah. I felt I said this in the chat. I feel like every year there's this after the season starts, there's like a month or two months in, you just get this like 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 this trifecta of injuries. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know, I have this mm-hmm. memory of like a week like there's a week or two weeks where it's like injury after injury after injury and it's mm-hmm. it seems like I don't know, is that just me? Do you guys have that? Yeah, I feel like it happens in all sports. Like the NFL has it too, I feel like in like Week two, week three, week four, like this year, McCaffrey went down and Odell Beckham went down, like significant, like star players with season ending injuries. And I think like the the last time in the NBA, can, like when Porzingis did his ACL, I feel like there was like a wave of people that did it mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, well, then you, you wonder, know, right, you I know, think. is it like a conditioning thing where guys aren't quite in game shape yeah. yet? And then, um, you know, you have those. Because I think you're right, Tyler. I think you see it across I, – I, at least from football and basketball, I've noticed it. Um, I don't know in soccer. I haven't watched enough to know, like, in time of the year. But, yeah, this oh, is like, kind of hitting guys. I have PTSD, I feel like. I see all these guys getting injured. My buttholes get super tight just yeah. waiting for someone, someone to go down on my team. Yeah. So, have you guys – I don't know, watching Nurkic, like, have you gotten past, like – feeling like he's going to break his leg every time or has that still linger in your head when you watch him play? I haven't thought about think, it at all. He, he looks physically other than he's out of shape. Yeah. He yeah. looks, 
he looks strong to me. He moves really he moves really well and like his body doesn't I don't know he he he's not so hyper athletic that I'm I'm worried that like the size of his body is going to you know he's going to hurt himself he, like when he hurt his leg I was surprised I think yeah. I just don't I don't see him as like the you know the Greg Odin well like, he's so loud on his feet too yeah and and he's looking to make like a pass a lot of times he's not yeah. looking to like throw down a dunk which is super aggravating but also like maybe a little bit doesn't make me as fearful for him well i guess i guess what, like what scares me is um he was in such good shape and he he slimmed down the yeah. year he broke it and yeah. um, but i you know the other night when he went in in that third quarter or fourth quarter and he's diving on the floor into the, yeah. the king's bench um I felt like I, that was like almost like I got past the hurdle of like not being afraid. So yeah. You're like, all right, I trust, I trust his body. Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty awesome play. That steal and racing. Was yeah. he racing Fox? I don't know. He was racing. Like it, it was just a really cool play. Cause I think we were up 25 plus at that point. Yeah. And, um, and I think it, you know, I, I don't know if any of you heard or looked at his uh, comments uh, mm-hmm. after the, um, the Minnesota game, but you can tell like he's, he's going through something. Yeah. And, um, and didn't he lose another family member besides his, like when he went back, I'm maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like when he went back and his grandma had passed during the bubble, somebody else in his family died or something. So it wasn't like he went home and relaxed and got his mind right. Like he was going yeah. through. Well, even, yeah. And, or even like economical things, maybe his family's going through, you know, oh, and, yeah. And I, I, yeah, like, I don't know the situation in Bosnia, but um, I, I can imagine. I mean, it's yeah. probably just not easy times. Yeah, I don't think he's said specifically what it is besides his grandma passing, but he has said that there's like some other family thing that he was like, I'm going to put this ahead of like joining the team early and, and being there. That's so, yeah. Yeah, I think something that I've been realizing this week is like, or deciding maybe, is that I'm not going to hold it against, I'm going to try not to hold it against anybody if they have a bad season, just because like, I don't know, like there's so much other, like yeah. how can you hold, it's, it's hard to be upset about anybody being distracted this year. Like there's too much to be distracted by. Real quick on that note, what's going on with Kyrie? Is he just like, I saw some tweet that is like, people are saying that he's just like nowhere to be found. Today, like newer than the fact that he just didn't want to play the other day. Yeah. Like that's Yeah. Like he's anything. off on some vision quest somewhere or something like, well then, uh, or maybe think, it's a response to the, what happened at the Capitol the other day. I don't so know. I think be. somebody said that he didn't want to play because of that the other the mm. first day was like, yeah, that was like the reason why he just didn't want to say that. He just said, I don't feel like playing. Huh. Um, I didn't know anything about him being missing or just on a vision quest. Anything I can see is just, it's it's in response to the Capitol protest. and riot. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, I really liked the, um, and I don't know, I forget which team Boston was playing. Was it Miami? Boston, Miami on yeah. the day it happened. But the, yeah. the joint statement they released, I thought was really um, kind of cool in the sense of, um, you know, they talked about they're playing with heavy hearts, but they wanted to bring joy to people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. on and honestly, on that day, I felt like I needed it. 
Like I need it like a distraction. And, um, and I, like, I, I got it. I think Jalen Brown maybe had that quote. Um, mm-hmm. but I was just like, thank you for playing today. Um, yeah. it was a good distraction for me just to be able to not have to watch or look at, um, you know, NPR or, yeah. Um, yeah. Just watch the same seven clips over and over again on the yeah. TV. Yeah. Just refreshing, waiting for more awful things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone calls it death scrolling that I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the same thing on the screen, that, that just made me remind of uh, Kobe. That's coming up on a year. Yeah. Is that right? And I remember that day just was sitting in my house, like, and they're, whatever you turn it to it's just showing the picture of that helicopter over and over yeah. and over again and that's in like 10 days or something well he's man this is a depressing podcast people are gonna <laughs> <laughs> this is a depressing podcast we should we should pivot to on even... a lighter note <laughs> well yeah one thing that i did want to we can kind of bring it up and down is so I, one of the things that i thought we would be kind of fun to do is kind of just as far as like how fantasy is going for us so far is like, I was thinking in terms of like a, something you're gloating about and then something you'd like to grumble about with your team. Um, no, that sounds good. Good segue. Sounds good. I'll, I'll start. Yeah. I will grumble that I have so many players injured right now. And I think that it's hurting me with, well, I'm going to be two and one. So I guess I can't complain that much, but I just have so many guys that are out like Jaron, Jaron Jackson's out, Justice Winslow's out, Jeremy Lamb's out, Isaiah Thomas isn't in the league, Jalen Brown's now in health and safety protocols. Um, Isaiah Thomas isn't in the league? Did I miss that? Isaiah Thomas is not on a roster. Uh, he didn't. He was. He played for the Wizards last year, and then he no one signed him. But um, so, like, I just feel like. It's hurting me, but I'm also two and one. So I'm like, okay, can I really be that upset about it? And then what I'm, I guess, bragging about is Jalen Brown. I was like really debating with myself. Is he a day one contract guy or do I wait? Do I, if I wait, then I can only do four years. I wanted to do five or at least an option for five. And I just went back and forth. And I think I submitted my offer sheet that day at like, 20 minutes before the deadline, which is pretty late for me. I normally just have it ready to go and send it early, but he's definitely living up to it. But I think I still could have gotten him cheaper, but I'm happy that he's how well he's playing makes me feel better about paying him 20 this year, but it's years down. Yeah. Those are my two. I will say right off the bat, I think everyone feels like they could get the player that they got cheaper. I feel like, <laughs> All of us, that's maybe not true. I think Boskis is pretty happy with his uh, Brandon Ingram, Ingram contract. But other yeah. than that, I feel like all of like, definitely I feel like Miles Turner, I could have gotten him cheaper. Hmm. But you I just don't know. You my... just don't know because you don't know who P- – I mean, I guess Jeff knows. But no, mm-hmm. everyone other than Jeff, no one knows. I was going to use my mid-level on Turner, and then when you paid him more, that's when I went to Brogdon. So – yeah. I guess you de- you paid more than what I was going to offer for him, but yes, and he's he's that well. I don't. We can transition to my gripes and grumbles if you want, because yep. that what is it? Gloat uh, and grumble. Gloat and grumble. My gloat is definitely Miles Turner. After all the shit I've been given for yep. giving him that contract, he's uh, averaging over four blocks a game. 
um, so far. It's probably going to come down. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, he's leading the league. He's got 37. The next guy is Gobert with 24. Yeah, he's he's killing it. I think, um, honestly, I gave him that contract praying that him and Sabonis would get split up. At some point in their career, I'm just a, even though they're perfect complementary players because Sabonis is no like no rim protection at all, mm-hmm. and well, uh, and offensively he does like Sabonis is in the paint and Turner's yeah. on the outside. Yeah, and he, yeah, he shoots threes. He's got a good three-point percentage. He Sabonis is a good passer. Turner's not that great of a passer. I mean, they really do complement each other. I just. You know, if they if they did get split up, it would really help Miles Turner's value. That's why I gave that contract. Um, that's my gloat. My grumble is uh, this Robert Covington is my grumble, but I mean, I don't know. Every year Robert Covington starts really slow. Every year he starts slow, and. You, I, you don't pay Rob, you don't get Robert Covington for like points and threes. You get him for blocks and steals. Steal the game. Yeah. yeah. And um, like every year he starts really bad. And then there are games where he goes on these tears where he gets like six, seven steals plus blocks, just like yeah. all, game after game after game. But I mean, that, and I, I mean, he just is, he looks, he looks like he is playing in, like, he looks like he just walked onto the Blazers team and is like, you know what I mean? Like, he's doing well. He's being Robert Covington, but he just sits in the corner and doesn't do much and then guards the best player on the opposing team. Yep. It's almost Which like his, his, his stats right now don't quite show up. I mean, he's getting so many deflections, too. Yeah, totally. And he's exactly getting, what, like, 30 say. minutes a game, too, I think, right? He gets, like, 30 minutes a game. He takes, like, five shots and gets, you know, six points. Yeah. 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 deflections, Jeff, I was going to say that. He tips. So many passes, even if he doesn't end up with the steal, I'm just like, God, this guy's hands are everywhere. Yeah. And, and he doesn't look fast to me. He doesn't look like he's he's not flying around the court. He's just in the right place at the right time all the time. And I think I think his wingspan's like seven one. It's like pretty ridiculous. Um yeah. but yeah, he's just a smart and, and every, you know, when people when we got him, everybody said he's not a great on ball, but off ball team defense and I, you, you can just tell that like he's always in the passing lanes he's always reading it well he's everything like Hassan Whiteside's not as far <laughs> as like rotating defensively um sorry Forrest I know he's on your team <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know as far as everything that would drive me nuts last year as owning Hassan because he would have you know a ton of rebounds and blocks but you'd watch the game and you'd be like man if you were just rotated the, the shot wouldn't even gone up like you know so yeah 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 I mean, he's great. He's great for the Blazers. And mm-hmm. I would rather, you know, hit CJ and Dame score 60 points a night together and them win than Robert coming in and have to, you know, right. Like, that's that's what I would rather do. It's, but that is that is my one gripe at this point. Yeah. Other than the entire league structure changing going into this year and, and it'd be totally disadvantageous for my team. <laughs> Other than that. But I didn't expect the commissioner to be on this call, so I. <laughs> yeah, I can take it. I got Chris and Josh all the time, so I can take it. Um, my my uh, my gloat would be, and I was kind of going back and forth. Um, Tyrese Halliburton picking him at eleven. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think he would yeah. be at eleven at all. I was actually pretty shocked uh, on draft night. Um, I thought I was going to get your guy, uh, Michael um, Lewis. 
uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. Yeah, who's like fourth fourth in the death chart. <laughs> yeah, and I really like him. Um, but I, uh, it, well, yeah, then the Bledsoe trade happened, I think, after yeah. that. So, yeah. um, but then, uh, so getting him. And then the signing of uh, Boucher, Chris Boucher. Yeah. Um, who's uh, fourth in our league in blocks. And I got him for two years in a team option at like $2 million. Um, So I was actually going back and forth on, you know, on that, I think it was the, what's it, the fourth or third day of free agency where we can give like the little contracts and you're trying to figure out, okay, who can I sneak, you know? Okay, get right, game. right, yeah. And that was, it was like Kendrick Nunn, it was Duncan Robinson, it was like all these guys. And then I finally decided on him and uh, he's, yeah, he's paid off huge. Um, yeah. He kind of makes me happy when um, Norman Powell's kind of struggling. And then uh, my gripe would be just Washington Wizards because I ended up, uh, I had Troy Brown Jr., they bring in Russell, Russell Westbrook. They start junior at the three. And if you've ever watched Troy Brown Jr., I mean, I, I watch him probably more than anybody because he was on my stash last year. He's, he's really good with the ball in his hands. Like, he's really good at creating. And then they get this ball-dominant player in Westbrook. Mm-hmm. They put him at the three. He never touches the ball. He, he's not a great shooter. And then they wonder why he struggles. And then they right. regulate him to the bench. So then I trade him to Thomas Bryant. And then Thomas Bryant goes down last <laughs> night. And then, um, yeah, so just the Wizards – yeah um that's my gripe yeah for me it's um i guess i mean the bogdanovich is is sort of i i grumble wise um bogdanovich going down but even before that it just i was expecting i think i like mike was saying that he's he's been praying for like sabonis and turner to get split up i really wanted Bogdanovich to get out of Sacramento so I was so excited when he's he's finally like cut loose and into the Bucks <laughs> yeah going to the Bucks and then and then even when he was going to Atlanta it was like okay well he's you know Trey Young's gonna like create space for him he'll get but yeah he'll get looks it's yeah. not Sacramento right yeah. it can't be yeah. that bad and he's just not been fantastic um and they've, it's a, uh, is Hunter and uh, who's the other young guy that they've Reddish, got? Reddish. Yeah, Reddish are both playing well. And so, well, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, mean, I mean, not to rub dirt on your wound, but yeah. Bogdan has been bad, like mm-hmm. eight points and three yep. assists and like really bad. And then he gets hurt on top of it, which yeah. I guess could be a blessing for you if they announce he's out for the year and you can add somebody. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's been. I mean, it also seems like they didn't really know what to do with him, though, too, right? Like, their whole offense has seemed kind of up in the air. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it. it, They, like, ride the hot hand a little bit, maybe, it seems. It's a lot of Trey Young, obviously. Well, if I'm I'm not mistaken, when, like, Fox would sit, there's people that would argue that Sacramento's offense was a lot better because Bogdan would handle the ball most of the time. Yeah. And so there was like more ball movement and more like type of like your Gordon Hayward type of facilitator, yep. bigger facilitator guy where he just went to another ball dominant guy who is totally different in the way that he can space the floor and change the game. But yeah, I mean, even John Collins is griping about how too much of their offense is directed yep. through Trey. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at Atlanta, like Trey's taking like 17 shots a game. Collins 12, uh, Hunter 11, like Reddish 8. So Bogdanovich was taking like eight shots a game. 
Yeah. You got to just figure like, it's hard for, you know, and he's new. I mean, everybody's new. Um, so I felt like he, yeah, it's almost like Atlanta has like too many guys right now. Um, he was the second option at Sacramento, right? What second or first sometimes? But he heals. I would Harrison say Fox healed him. Yeah. Okay, so Fox, third, second Fox or third, depending on who's on the floor. Yeah. Well, and he would come off the bench a lot, wouldn't he? Yeah, and Barnes is a weird one too. You don't oh, really yeah. know like where he fits in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's played well though. Yeah, like looking at that trade that you and I made. I hated his contract. Like his contract's too high for what he does. But statistically, this year I was looking at what he's doing. It's like sixteen and seven, and last year he was like fourteen and five or something. So he's been a lot better. Yeah, for them this year. Yeah, well, Barnes. He's, he's shooting the ball well too. I was just looking to, and then yeah. bringing in three assists a game. Yeah, and he gets a, an occasional block, which is something that I, you know, I'm trying to get everybody on my team contributing a, at least a block. And, um, but uh, so, so that's, and then Hassan Whiteside is probably, you know, my biggest grumble is like, yeah. And, and I know a lot of people kind of saw it coming, but you know, Sacramento is just doesn't have a big guy and he's still not, pl- he's still catching DNP CDs. Um, so so well, that's yeah, they've they've gone small i mean now they're starting halliburton healed and barnes and and fox yeah. and um i was trying to think they had holmes in last night to start i think uh, holmes didn't play right it was oh. bielitsa and uh oh. was it was did rashawn holmes play i think rashawn holmes is day to day right now yeah uh I think Bagley comes off the bench. It was Bagley. Yeah, it was Bagley. No, they actually started Bagley, right? They started Bagley. Yeah. yeah. It was Bagley and Bielitsa coming in. Yeah. And then and then Whiteside got a few minutes. And he it is aggravating because he when he plays, he gets stats. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's a fan. I think he's a fantasy monster, but he just has to get the minutes and he's not necessarily a winning player. Yeah. Um, so I think that he would be perfect for the Wizards. Huh. You yeah. can just go there and rack up stats with Beal yeah. and Westbrook. Not win any games. They yeah. should pull that move. Or, or Houston. He could be on Houston's team too. Just like a team that doesn't really care yeah. about defense. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just want to. Fl- they want flashy plays. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He can do those. Flexing after. You know, yeah, it's down 20 plus. <laughs> I mean, when I saw you signed him, I, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like that is a that is you must know something that I don't know. Hmm. Um, and then I well, that was before I went to Sacramento and then I found out he was going to Sacramento. I was like, OK, that makes sense. Um, I think he's just. His personality, I just like it's he's such a. He's he's what do they call him? Like a like. Like you, ne- like you never know what you're gonna get from yeah, him. Enigma type guy. Yeah, like he's yeah. he has to have like, it seemed like you know some of the Blazers had like the secret code to figure him out and get him to do his thing. Yep. But I, I don't That's know. I mean, for you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my uh, thought was I didn't I didn't factor in the Blazer piece, I guess, which is crazy, I guess. But um, uh, like the culture. Yeah, I just saw like how how much he benefited Jeff's team last year. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it was between him and Vooch and I had done the Vooch experiment yeah. for a few years. And so it was like, well, I know what I'm going to get from Vucevic and I wasn't yeah. even a top five finisher last year. So I'll take a big swing. And I think I wouldn't be so bummed about it if, if I hadn't put him in my starting lineup. Oh, you put him in your starting lineup. Yeah. Yikes. Um, which was a bad choice, but you know, again, I thought like if I have AD and him, well, and they're playing, then it would work out great. You should just scratch Jeff's back. He might change the rules for you, and you could yeah, just put him, switch him out. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, here, here's the thing: like Sacramento is what four and six, um, and he's. I mean, Whiteside's gotten probably. What, he's probably like four DMPs, right? Um, Three but when he plays, yeah. he gives you blocks. So if you're yeah. trying to get blocks as you're in rebounds, um, yeah, like if we were tracking blocks per minute or something, he yeah, would be yeah. at the top. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, all you need is like two blocks a game to be really valuable um, yeah. in our league. And so, and, and the contract you gave him, it's a team option next year. So it's yeah. like a a one year, what the hell, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah i'm not bummed about his contract i just like my strategy i guess is what i'm grumbling about about there um and then i was even thinking today like should we wait to set our starters and all that stuff like give us like a certain amount of games before we go like okay yeah Um, or if that's just copying people out i don't know that's That's interesting because the one thing that's really tough with uh with preseason is it's like a complete misdirection yeah. Teams are yeah. trying out guys who are not going to get time in the regular season. It's almost like we should just say, hey, you got 50, you got two weeks, and after the two weeks, you set your lineup or something. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that idea because, I mean, really, I mean, Forrest, Forrest's score is not going to represent how good his team is because of this, mm-hmm. right? Especially in this season when teams only played three. It was weird, too, because teams didn't even play the same amount of preseason games. The Blazers played four. Other teams played two. Some played three. So you really have – and then, like, James Wiseman didn't play at all in the preseason. And I'm like, I didn't put him in my starting lineup because I have no idea what to Mm -hmm. expect. And thankfully, we did have the rule change. So my starting lineup is, like, DeAndre Hunter is my biggest guy in my starting lineup because he's power forward eligible. So you have to have a power forward or center eligible guy. Yeah. But, and that's worked out great because he's played better than I expected after making that trade from Josh. But I would say another thing to potentially think about if we're like talking about making decisions later in the year and this Josh will like this is as he was complaining about having to sign your rookie contract guys when they're babies, but we don't get to see them like in training camp and in off season and stuff. So like if the rookie option deadline could get extended back to like all-star break, so you could see like what kind of progress they're making, Mm. that would be cool. Cause like I'm stuck with Dennis Smith's contract this year. And I had to make that decision like before last year even started. And he had played like 20 games with the Knicks after getting traded. And so I'm like, okay, like, I just traded Vucevic for Dennis Smith and a couple other like things, but mostly was like taking a gamble on Dennis Smith because I liked him in the draft that year. Mm-hmm. And then I had to make that decision and now I'm stuck with them and he hardly plays. Well, it's so like having like, that uh, later would be nice. 
yeah. like kind of what we do with the even the draft you know we offset the draft a few hours or even the week of free agency a week yeah like we try to keep the same time frames but we just push it back a little bit so we have a little because we you're right Tyler, we don't have the intel to exactly know what's because our deadline on. is next monday for rookie options yeah. which i think is later than normal so like i have to decide in eight days if i want to keep kevin knox or not yeah, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah, I'm probably gonna let him go. At this point, I mean, hmm. I can get him cheaper. Nobody's there's probably not that many people that are interested in what he's doing. And um, my thought is, okay, I'll let him go. And if I'm and if he starts playing a little bit better, I can get him cheaper because he was the third pick, so he's costing eight million bucks next year. Oh yeah, he's. Expensive. I can get him cheaper than that. If yeah. I uh, well, actually, you can't. It's a league. <laughs> it's in the CBA. Yeah. You decline an option and you sign him. You have to sign him for that amount. Sorry, Tom. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even then, but yeah, so like, you're not losing like anything. Now. Yeah, you're right. If you get back to the point where you're like, oh, he is really good, then you, you, you know. And sure. that, if he become, if he's worth $8 million, you could pick that up. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Does that mean I, but could I sign him for $2 million? You could sign him for well, less, He would yeah. be an unrestricted free agent next year because I didn't take him all the way through his rookie contract. So if I don't pick up that option, he becomes unrestricted and I can re-sign him if I want to at any, any dollar amount I want, but like deciding now, like three weeks into the season is, well, it'll be four weeks by then, but it's pretty early for a guy that's 20 with a brand new head coach. Yeah. Well, and the, and the, and the interesting in uh, like in the NBA, it's typically it's October 31st. So yeah. it's, it's, but you're right. I think you're right in the sense, like we don't get to see him in practice and training camp mm-hmm. and to be able to make those decisions. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, this year, if it, like, I don't know, and, and maybe I'm being wrong, but it feels about right for me to know like, okay, should I keep this guy or not? Um, like it feels like I have way more Intel than I did in the past. Um, but I like, for sure. I mean, I get to see. I like 10 to 14 games worth of action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the fact going forward, like extending it. So maybe we do it instead of, you know, October 31st, we do it December 1st or January 1st or something like that. Yeah. Can I, can I make a, a are we done with our gripes? Oh, let me, let me do my gloat. Uh, oh, glow. I'm sorry. Go. Um, two things. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm the podcast. I'm like, just. No, no. I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. Um, <laughs> my, my quick gloat is. Or I guess too. I guess um, I'm feeling pretty good about the CJ Paul George thing. I think I probably lost that trade in terms of like assets, but I'm feeling really good about how well CJ's playing, mm-hmm. and I don't really trust Paul George to keep it up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, Paul George is killing it. So you know, I'm. Uh, I I think Josh would differ with me on this one, but um, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm happy with what I got there, and then. Um, and I just well, like, and you get a you know you get a root for CJ twice. <laughs> I and and I don't have to cheer for Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, and then the other one is Desmond Bain has been a, a solid rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, picking him at like whatever four thirty first or whatever I got him at. Um, I feel like that was a really good pick. Is he in Never, What's that? Uh, Memphis. Memphis. Memphis, Memphis, yeah. The other gloat that I have is, and since Tony critiqued this, Kelly Oubre for Sadiq Bay, 
uh, trade that Sadiq I made Bay's before, been good. But Sadiq Bay has actually been better than Kelly Oubre. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, I feel like last year he played out of his mind, and this year he's not been very good. And Sadiq Bay Kelly- is – Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre, other than Kyrie, Kelly Oubre <laughs> has the highest chance of doing burning sage around the court, <laughs> in my opinion. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Oubre is like, uh, he's like unlikable Derek Jones Jr. Or like, <laughs> like. Does he, does, he, does he have blue eyes or does he wear contacts? Does he have. His eyes are very know. vibrant. They're very magical. Yeah. I, I think he wear. I think he might wear contacts. He. I'm so surprised by that because you know you, you look at his play last year. I mean, I thought he played great last year. Yeah, really. he did. Um, and he's he was on a worse team. It's almost like, I mean, I'm I'm taking myself to like morning hoops. Like when I'm on a really a good team, like I play better. Um, mm-hmm. When I when I have to be a three or four, like as far as you know on the depth chart. Yeah, that's great for me. I just I can stand over here and shoot open shots. But when I have to be a one or two, I'm terrible. Um, and I, yeah, I me and you are the same basketball player. That's, that's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm but horrible I if I have to be a one. Be around like Curry and like, I don't know. Maybe, I guess yeah. Golden State's not what they were, but. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, uh, yeah, he's, he's not fantastic so far. They're six and three, though, for as terrible <laughs> as they started owing those first oh, yeah. two games. They're yeah. one tonight, oh. I think, maybe six and four. Yeah, they won tonight against six Toronto. and four, six and four. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I feel like we need to give a good five to ten minutes on Sean Kemp's kids right now, yeah. just because he is going to be two and one. Josh got his number this week by four blocks. I'm just looking at the the feed right now. The Andrew Slack Wiggins. Feed. <laughs> the, yeah, the car- Andrew Wiggins karma four blocks took it, but I feel like we need to give Patty. We need to do a little bit of look at his roster also because I think it will um, – some of the blood is on Jeff's hands as to why he's doing so well, and I think we need to look at this real, real <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Multiple reasons why we need to look at how – look at this roster. His, his roster's good, though. His roster's good. Him and I were having this conversation yesterday uh, over text message, and I was like, you have a good Yahoo team. You don't have any stars. You're not going to get any non-Yahoo points unless LaMelo wins like a rookie of the month or Edward or like a rookie of the year, all rookie. But like, he's not going to win player of the month. He's not going to get any all-stars. He's probably not even going to get a lot of playoff points, but he has a lot of guys that play minutes and put up stats for Yahoo. Yeah. He signed, did he sign Christian Wood or did he draft him? He signed Christian Wood. He signed Christian Wood. Tobias Harris. He signed Tobias Harris, which I will totally like, gonna out myself here i <laughs> this is this is the bubble hangover guys i thought tobias harris was a restricted free agent i thought i was gonna be able to match anything <laughs> that was given to him <laughs> so when i saw that given i was like oh yeah that match i'll match that and then i was like ah fudge i can't do that what's wrong with me <laughs> um, anyways. Uh... so yeah he signed tobias harris he he drafted Lamelo. he who else did he get he got Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. And he got Capella last year, right? Yeah. He signed Capella with Wiggins and Randall last year, and then he traded Wiggins and Randall to Josh for. I mean, what uh, would his team play. look like if he had freaking Wiggins and Randall right well, now? Imagine that. He, he got a lot of cap space for that, so he probably wouldn't have Tobias and Wood. 
Yeah. He didn't I pay a lot he, for Woods though, did he? What what was the He Woods paid like there? eight million for each one of them, and Randall and Wiggins are like fifteen-ish kind of guys. I yeah. feel like he so, could have gotten Woods for a ML mid-level exception if he wanted to. He must have just really wanted him because he was a Houston guy. Yeah, yeah he I, gave, mean, I mean, yeah, he could have gotten him for the mid level, but he pay, actually paid under the mid level. Uh, did he? I thought he, he paid could, eight, eight and a half. The mid level nine and a half. Yeah. He was a mid level target of mine, but then I was like, a few times, you know, in the this is my sixth off season, I've been like, okay, like I'm gonna maybe like slightly overpay what I think for a guy that's like going to a new situation or hoping they bounce back, and then they just are terrible. And that was my fear with Christian Wood. This year, I was like, okay, is he going to go? Like, he had a 20-game stretch at the most. So that was, like, really amazing. Is he going to do that again or not? Yeah. And that was my fear with him. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see what um, Jeremy does with Clay Thompson. I mean, is yeah, he going to let him walk after this year? Is he going to sign him to, like, a, another extension? Um, yeah. Because he's not eligible for the Nowitzki-Duncan contract because he's not, he's not on his original team. So here's a question. With the, yeah, let's let's. Are you gonna ask a question year, about this in the Vince contract? No, well, I'm gonna ask the VPE question because like Jeff only did a one-year veteran player with Jimmy, and Kavanaugh did the same thing with Kawhi. So can you offer that same person a VPE next year? Because technically you won't have any. Yeah, VPE? yeah, yeah. So what? I mean, I'll let you in on a little secret here. Um, so Jimmy and Kawhi will both be ten-year guys after this year. So then we can mm-hmm. offer them the Nowitzki Duncan contract because they've been on our team since the rookie contract. Um, I could have offered that so to Hayward, a, I think, this year. Couldn't I have, Jeff? You probably – I was trying to look at the Hayward one He here. probably got a cheaper deal than what he could have got for the Nowitzki Duncan. Though, you, so. you, you're paying less now. You're probably going to be paying – well, no, I'm paying a lot. I'm paying – he's on a two-year contract, but yeah. I think the Nowitzki Duncan contract would have been – over more this may be the same amount of money over a longer amount of time well if you can sign it for how i, I forget the exact parameters you, i think it's a maybe a two-year contract um but you're you're you have hayward at 15 on the second year which is going to be less than 50 percent of the max so you actually have a better contract there um than if you would have done the vpe with them. oh it's 50 percent of the max yeah but he but he, he'll be a 10-year player so it's like 38 million next year for the full. Um, so I mean, this you is... and Kavanaugh will be paying like nineteen million yeah. for Kawhi and Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, are you gonna pay nineteen for Jimmy? Ugh. Oh, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> he's yeah, he is. So anyway, a lot to... of playoff points and steals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to Jeremy's roster. He has. I think the thing. The, the other thing is he's he's had. Is this a third year in league or second? Second. This is his third. He came, they, him and um, Brett came in in 18. Okay. So he's had three years, three off seasons, I should say, to, to draft blue chippers with high draft picks, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got, you know, basically what I had before I, uh, before I traded than it to you like, like you had a ton of he has a ton of depth and a ton of blue chippers which make which is what you're saying tyler makes him a great yahoo team mm-hmm. right like he's got a ton of guys that are averaging Call whatever Sexton, 15 and 6 points. yeah yep. yeah um and i love his jeremy i love your gloating i love all of it mm-hmm. 
Um, so keep it up, even if it totally triggers me. I love it. <laughs> I, I I feel like his roster. I I, I um. Actually, he's done a good job. Right. He's got this kind of like he can go a lot of different ways. He's got all these rookie options for next year. Um, some of he his also stuff has is- my pick next year, too, which is he's, if he doesn't pick up Clay, he's going to have two first round picks and cap space and that depth. So, like Michael was saying, he's in a position where he could go, you know, if, like, let's say Michael is in like cap hell, he could throw something pretty compelling at Michael for Luca yeah, or, he's got a lot of or Giannis like you know maybe Michael turns around and says hey three solid guys might be better than paying Joker 30 you know hypothetically and oh, Joker's so you good, know they guys. he is he's amazing but you know like that's the kind of like he's that's the spot that he's in and that's the spot that you were in when when you and I did the Giannis trade is I had no draft assets and Giannis and nothing else. And you had a top three pick and my pick, which was top three and mm-hmm. some decent young players. And so I was like, man, I got, I got a dude, but I got nothing else. Look, great know? segue. Um, <laughs> but real quick, I just need to highlight the fact that I was watching the Nuggets tonight and I watched Jokic get an offensive board. He did like a, Jump, grab the offensive board, one hand water polo, put back layup. And it was like the most Jokic thing I've ever seen in my life. He he didn't even like he didn't grab the board and then jump again. He like he does that make sense? It was like a tip-in water polo. He like grabbed it and like pivoted his hand around the back. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. He probably didn't even jump. He was probably standing the whole He's time. well, no, I've seen him dunk like three or four times this year. He's dunked like three or four times this year. And <laughs> I times. and I saw him – there was actually one last night where he uh, – or a couple nights ago, it was like a full sprint fast break. He dunked on a full sprint fast break. It, it made me – it looked like – like when he is hauling all-out sprint, he looks like um, like a – maybe like a really poorly put-together bike that you've just reached the maximum <laughs> amount that it can go. And it just kind of starts shaking and wobbling. That's what he looks like. <laughs> and uh, so I feel like parts were just going to fly everywhere, but <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> is he like, is he like if Tim Duncan played in this era, is that oh. who he, Tim Duncan would be? Is Nicole Jokic. That's really Tim Duncan, you watch him like move and run around. And you're like, God, you are not very athletic either. Yeah. Like he was not, but he was an amazing passer and could score from everywhere but Duncan I mean Duncan was a better defense. defender better defender yeah that's yeah, better defender. I wonder if he would if that's what Duncan would be like in today's game be but Duncan never shot Duncan. the three did he, he so but it was a different um sorry no yeah he didn't shoot the three he got that he had that 15 to 18 foot banker yeah 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 what were you saying about ISO Jeff well no it is the he was just such a like a post player like we don't see as many post guys anymore that really just set up on the block and you know turn around and face um so much more spread out now like i I wonder if he would be as effective in in today's league you know he came in that's what i'm saying like would you would a team run their offense through him because he was such a good passer i mean if you i don't have his numbers in front of me but he was probably a five assist a game guy for a few years in a uh a lower scoring era 
like in a, in a totally different era. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff, look up, Jeff, look up his numbers. Yeah, I'm pulling them up. Let's see what he's got. <clears throat> he, uh, well, Jeff, looking, well, Jeff, looking at that, uh, we, we go to talk about, go ahead, Jeff. No, he, he was a career three assist guy, his best year. Oh, no. Um, I mean, going to our trade that I started to segue to, I kind of broke down my team into phases, but then I also was looking at all this stuff. I've made 34 trades. <laughs> this is this, this is well, this, hey, can, can I break down? Because I've done some research here. So and then you can. Maybe. Well, I got some too. I got some too. I've done 34 trades. This is the start of my sixth year. So I went through and I put a win, a loss, a push, or too soon to tell next to all 34. Oh, nice. So I got 10 trades I considered that I won the trade, which sounds terrible when you're looking at 34 trades. I got 11 that I consider losses, six that I consider pushes, and seven that are too soon to tell. A couple of those I think that I can already tell, like I would lean one way or the other, but they were made either last year during the season or this offseason. So I'm like, like the DeAndre Hunter one for Dill, I'm like already looking at that. Like I won that trade. He got Hardaway, who's going to be a free agent, and a, a pick swapper, a second-round pick. So, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, I won that trade, but I'm going to, like, let it play out. Say one, I mean, <laughs> it, it's subjective, right? Like, so, yeah. Like, Josh could also have been like, well, I got this, and that's what I needed, and I want it. Yeah. But you feel like you got what you wanted out of it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, hey, let me let me break this down. So I went through all the research on your guys' teams. Tyler, I have you making 39 trades. <laughs> so you came in 2015. You started off trading. Your first trade was Giannis for D'Angelo Russell. So mm-hmm. you brought him in. So Which just- is an amazing – it was an amazing trade. That was – you feasted on the la- – like, the Adam McInturf was the antelope being birthed on the Savannah Plain, and the Lions were circling him. I did a couple trades with Adam McInturf, too. He was easy, easy prey. All right, so here, here, here's how it breaks down. 39 trades. Your tro- top trade partner was the Meat Stormers with nine, followed by we me. We traded the Mar- same player to each other and back multiple times. I was noticing, like, he well, traded me Marcus Smart, Smart and then I traded him back Marcus Smart. I traded him the pick that got Jalen Brown. He traded me Jalen Brown. I traded him the pick that got DeAndre Hunter. He traded me multiple times. <laughs> so yeah, so Meat Stormers nine, me and Michael at six, and then Unibros at five. Those are your top trade partners. I did the same thing, Tyler. I went through and I just marked it a win, a loss, or a uh, a push, right? Um, and so, it, and I really put push even like for um, the two soon to tells, like the DeAndre Hunter okay, one. Yeah. Um, like I said, I like it for you, but I, I put it a push. So after thirty nine trades. Uh, I have you as your plus minus. So if it was a one, a zero, or a negative one, I have it as a minus one. So wow. plus minus after 39 trades is a minus one, which means like as far as moving the needle, you haven't got either way or the other. <laughs> Let me also read through how many players you've traded. These players have been on your team at one point or another. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Brown, or the pick that became Jalen Brown, Hassan Whiteside, Zach Levine, Bradley Bill, Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors, Jeremy Lin when he was Jeremy Lin, Giannis, Don, or the pick that became Donovan Mitchell, the pick that became Darius Baisley, the pick that became Lonnie Walker, Dominus Sabonis, DeAndre Hunter, Luka Dantich, OG Ananobi, Dylan Brooks, Wendell Carter, Jeremy Grant, Marcus Smart, Andre Drummond, 
The pick that became Cam Reddish, Nikolay Vucevic, Jason Tatum, Tobias Harris, Kyrie Irving, Harrison Barnes, and Tim Hardaway Jr. have all been traded <laughs> by the Flint Tropics. Do you have the list of what has been acquired? Well, I guess that would somewhat be the same, right? If it was been acquired, yeah. And uh, the acquired ones that are still on his team, Jaron Jackson Jr., Devin Booker, uh, the pick that became Wiseman, and DeAndre Hunter. Those are still on his team. So that's where I came up with, like I said, I gave you a score of negative one after all those trades. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know, Forrest, if you want to kind of look through. And I yeah. kind of earmarked a couple of these trades I'd just like to ask people about. But Yeah, and, and I did, I had to... Uh, Jeff shared this document with me and I, I also went through and ranked win, loser, push. Um, and, uh, it looks to me, I'm pretty sure I got my like cells all formatted correctly. I think I came out plus five. Oh, um, I think I wouldn't totally disagree with what Jeff said, because if I have 10 wins and one loss, that's a minus one and I have six pushes and seven too soon. That's really close to even. Yeah. On, I mean, realistically. And there's a couple that like, so for me, I ranked like uh, acquiring Alan Crabb for Dylan Brooks. Actually, no, that's a, that's a miss. That's a, that's a bad one on my part. Cause I marked that as a zero, as a push. Well, like Rodney Hood for Jordan Clarkson was the second trade that I made when Rodney Hood played for Utah and Clarkson played for the Lakers, like that's probably a push if we're looking at it at that time. Like when the Lakers were bad and Clarkson was starting for them and Hood was probably like a 15 point a game guy for Utah. Like mm. that was, know, I didn't like dig into the numbers. Like, yeah. Cause you got to evaluate it contextually. At, yeah. And like, well, yeah. And I think, I think because maybe because the blind pigs have done a few more trades with you, um, you had, he had a little bit better perspective, like uh, Favors and Terrence Jones, you got for Whiteside and Harkless. And Whiteside, I think, uh, so Jeff marked that as a minus one and I marked it as, uh, I, I get, apparently I marked it as a as a win for you. I'm not really sure what I was thinking there either, but it uh, looks like I my math was a little bit off, but um, yeah. Uh, I think I think it would be it's just like a few trades that like I'm seeing now that I was trying to not also like uh, do it on my phone and also not copy Jeff. I, I wanted to like try to take some yeah. uh, controversial stances. So the one that I felt like was controversial was, um, geez, I don't even know how. Because you, you're are you guys when you're ranking them are you evaluating the, these them in the con like what vacuum like five years out well now? yeah well, right because well, i mean he, he came in in 2015 so i feel like um especially the later ones we've had time to kind of see how it played out um where the like the ones now with like you said the deandre hunter tim hardaway jr i think those ones we just don't quite know and i mean i graded those but like i usually was more willing to go with a, a push than a, a win or loss in those situations um, well, and I think we know what Tim Hardaway Jr. is. We don't know what yeah. DeAndre. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm realizing too that um, because some of these players are on both sides of the the columns so much, I think there are a few times where I got like, yes. I saw yeah, Bradley Beal and I so assumed it was. 
I, I saw Bradley Beal's name and I thought it was one trade and it was a different one or, you know, something yeah. like that. No, that's definitely happened. I guess, so I went and like put the history of my team kind of in like phases. And so like the, my plan coming into the league is there was no unrestricted free agents because we used to have the designated player rule and rookie contracts for five years when I came into the league. So this is, this so, is pro the new CBA. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no unrestricted free agent that was decent, really. So there were there was two. It was Gobert and it was Whiteside who had that breakout end of the year yeah. in Miami. And Gobert must have been like a really late pick that somebody had dropped. And so my plan was, okay, I have the second pick, but I also then had the second waiver wire because what Jeff did was he didn't want to penalize the teams that were in the league that were bad. So he did like a drawing with me and Bradley to see – one of us was going to get more odds for the draft and oh, one was going to get the higher waiver order. So I had the second pick and Bradley had the fourth pick, but Bradley had the first waiver and I had the second waiver. So mm -hmm. I benefited by being able to get D'Angelo. That got me Giannis. But my plan was, can I pair Giannis and Gobert together? Which if we look at that plan, oh, shit, that about myself, those are the two highest scoring players in our league. And so if I would have been able to get that, that would have been amazing, but Bradley got Gobert with the higher waiver and has had him ever since. And so my consolation was Whiteside, who in theory could have been a good fit just as a defensive player. But when I made that favors trade with you, Jeff, I got nervous about like reading like a white, like the, the white side that we're talking about right now, the guy that's hard oh, yeah. to get along with, the guy that's not motivated. So I got kind of nervous and was like, well, let me try to get something for him. And then, so then you and I did that deal. So that, that was my plan was Giannis and Gobert, but I could never do it. And then I bounced off of Whiteside really quickly. And so then the second evolution of the Flint Tropics is searching for a second star. And so I did the opposite of what the Tony bros and Sean Kemp's kids are doing is like, I just started like, Hey, I have first round picks. I'm just going to start slinging them out here. You know, I'm going to go Mikhail. What's his name? The Brooklyn guy, Prokhorov. I'm pro robbing this. I'm throwing out picks. I'm throwing out any young talent to get something established. And so I made a trade to get Levine and I gave up the pick that became Jalen Brown. And then I gave up Levine and another first round pick to move that to get Brad Beal. So like already I've gotten rid of two first round picks. That was with me. Not that the Beal, the Levine Beal one was with yeah. you. And so part of the reason I wanted Beal was because I was going to use the designated player on him because he was very injury prone early in his. Oh yeah, he had the stress reactions. Career, and yeah. I was like, because he was I like really sixteen years old and yeah. in the league. Yeah, that's right. He was still growing. He, uh, I really liked him in that draft. He was a guy that I wanted the Blazers to get in that draft when we got Dame. I was like, God, that guy would be sweet. So I got him, and I was going to use the designated player rule on him. And I don't know if I like didn't hear it earlier that we were getting rid of it or what, but it came out that we were getting rid of it. And I wasn't ready for him to be a free agent to have to maybe pay him a max at that time of 19 million or whatever it was. So I just had him for a few weeks or a month or something. And then I turn around and just get rid of him because I'm like, I don't want to lose him for nothing. I got to get something for him. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
my next phase is called a designated disaster because then I go and trade, I trade Beal, who I've essentially given up two first round picks for because I gave away one to get Levine and then Levine and a first to get Beal. And then I go and turn around Beal for Crowder, who at the Celtics was with the Celtics at the time was pretty solid player mm-hmm. and Plumlee playing for the Blazers put up good fantasy stats. Yeah, but that's a terrible return. I was two. looking at it and I'm like, what is going on here? Bradley Bill and Clarkson for Crowder and Plumley. That's a horrible return for essentially I gave up two first round picks to get there. Was part, uh, of, that the, a, was part of that the Blazer bump though? Did you you think part of it was the Blazer bump and Plumley was a ten and ten guy with a couple of assists and Crowder played mm-hmm. for Boston and was, you know, on those Isaiah Thomas teams that were good and he put up good numbers. Mm-hmm. But then I made a bunch of just like weird moves like trying to just figure out like what I had and I got some bonus from Dill which was great but he was playing an OKC and his numbers weren't great as a rookie but they were like seven and seven or something yeah um but where I got back with Plumlee what was good is I traded so I remember this text I don't know why Jeff texts me really wanting Plumlee right after I got him and Jeff goes is Mason Plumlee going to help your team win a championship and I said, nope, no, he's not. And Jeff traded me Kent Bazemore in a first-round pick for Plumlee in a third. So I ended up salvaging a little bit there. You know what um, happened the next day? We traded him to got, Denver for – For Nurkish. <laughs> oh, wow, so, really? Yeah. That's amazing. The next so, day. The next day. Jeff, he became a backup immediately. <laughs> so Jeff texted to me, of, is Plumlee going to help you win a championship? Because Jeff probably thought he was potentially competing. I was in the running yeah. 10 10 and 3 guy that was on a playoff team was that a mid-season trade that was a mid-season yeah, was a mid-season yeah that was when we didn't allow trades at any point there was like a week window where you were yeah. allowed to do trades and so it was like that week was just like frantic of like all these moves i have like four different moves written down yeah. but yeah so that was uh ultimately levine Lonzo Ball and TJ Leaf became Sabonis, Malik Monk, and Kent Bazemore out of all of that movement. Uh, but I never had Monk because I moved that, you know, obviously I had to move it. I couldn't just keep that pick. So I feel like the honest thing, I just feel like I need to say I had those two picks and I shopped them to Kavanaugh and Santoni. Both of them. You've shopped them to me? Yes. I sh- We talked about doing the exact same deal for Jimmy Butler. And Kavanaugh oh. and I talked about doing the exact same deal, more or less. I, I maybe yeah. – I, I don't know if I threw it. Tyler, what was that deal exactly? It was the two picks and was it uh, something else? I got Dennis Schroeder, the second pick, and the third pick. Okay, yeah. There got, was some salary in there too. Yeah. You got Giannis. You got Giannis and the, nine. the ninth, the ninth pick, which was Malik Monk, yeah, which obviously didn't work out. Um, but I shopped that to Kavanaugh, and Jeff wanted to do that trade. You wanted to do that trade, and I would rather. I wanted Giannis. I preferred Giannis and Kawhi. Butler was my least desired. Mm-hmm. Kavanaugh almost pulled the trigger for Kawhi, which I feel like, for as much criticism as he gives, uh, I mean, obviously. Giannis is a better fantasy player than Kawhi, but where does Kawhi rank on, on the final like season tally? He's pretty high, isn't he? Not as high as Giannis. I, yeah, I have to go back and look. But at pretty it. high. I mean, he's top five, isn't he? No. No. 
I don't think so. Let me let me pull it up. Well, he's, the he's problem done. with Kawhi is he's not getting you any like he's not leading the league in points. He's not leading the league in steals because he's but he's got playoffs. He's much. in the playoffs every year. He's like top fifteen, but he's not. All right. Well, I mean, so I feel like I I feel like that. I mean, but Kawhi was Kawhi at that point. Giannis wasn't Giannis yet when we made this trade. Giannis was a freak that everyone called like, wow, he could be really good. There was no MVP chatter. It wasn't like no. Luke and I where people are talking about how Luke could be the MVP. There was none of that. It was like Jeff had pulled this data before. He averaged like 22 points, eight rebounds, four assists, was second team All NBA and Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, right like or he, something along those lines. And so, and that draft was like every pundit was saying that draft had 10 blue chippers 10 franchise guys in it right it, yeah they thought well especially like you know it was that was the Fultz draft right tatum was, was Fultz, in there lonzo tatum lonzo. josh jackson yeah. fox dennis smith i mean Evan i drafted Nichols. malik monk at like nine and people were talking about how malik monk was going to be amazing yeah well adebayo went like 13th and mitchell went 12th in that draft yeah and call zach collins was 10th Lowry yeah. Markinen was like eight. It was a deep draft for sure. I mean, there's a lot of really good players out of there. So, yeah. hey, just for reference, uh, Giannis had 66 points last year. Nanyahu, Kawhi was in ninth at 27 and a half. So. Damn, Giannis double, is so good. A little more than double. <laughs> um, I mean, Kawhi's still top 10 player. And, and, and Jimmy was seventh at 30. So, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how much of that is Kawhi's – He's sitting half the games or whatever. Well, and then the you know, and then the Clippers lost. Um, oh yeah, second round. So many playoff points last year. Well, yeah, and yeah. and Giannis got MVP. Giannis um, got it, and he got all the weekly player of the weeks. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the point is, is what I'm saying is everyone shits on this trade on Tyler's side because they don't evaluate it in the actual context of what it was given. It. I'm sorry, I just cussed. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, it's PG thirteen. Yeah. Is it Ari? Does Ari listen to this? Sorry. Yeah, but she's cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, everyone craps on this trade, but the context—if you under—if you because we did this trade the week, the day of the draft, right, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Or the we day drafted before? in Kavanaugh's basement, and I remember going down into the basement and yeah. I was bragging about how it was the biggest trade in the history of the league, and Dill's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I traded DeMarcus Cousins, so that's definitely a bigger trade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that, true. that context well, is is really important. Yeah. The other thing that I think was already – someone totally took the win out of my cells on the last podcast, which is Dill was the original uh, terrible trade to give me Boogie, and then I won two years yeah. and for Anthony Bennett. Yep. Um, that was all right. So the wind was out of my sails on that one, but I want, I needed, I feel like I needed to bring that up. So th- <laughs> that, that, cause I mean, it was Lonzo. Who did you draft Tyler Lonzo in? So I ended up doing a, I made a bunch of, uh, stuff happen after that. So I had two and three, but I did not like Lonzo, just like how people don't like LaMelo now. Cause yeah. I just hated LeVar. I love Tatum. So I, what I ended up doing mm. was uh, yeah. Brad, Bradley wanted Lonzo, and he had fourth and eighth. So I traded Bradley second and, like, 12, 13, somewhere in there uh, for uh, four and eight. So I took Tatum at three, 
and I debated really hard to take Fox or uh, Josh Jackson. And I went with Jackson because I feel like it's a lot harder to get a really good wing than it is to get a good point guard. Like it's a dime a dozen kind of thing. Yeah. And I knew that at eight, I could potentially get Dennis Smith or Neil Aquina or, you know, something could happen there. And there was two more point guards that, you know, were pretty highly thought of. So I went Jackson, who didn't work out. Uh, and obviously Fox is a, a good player. Um, so that kind of hurt. And then at eight, I really didn't know who I was going to take because Forrest took Dennis Smith mm -hmm. at six. Uh, and Santoni comes up to me and goes, hey, I'll give you Chris Dunn, who was a top five pick the year before, and my first round pick next year for Frank Nielakina, <laughs> for the eighth pick. So he gives me Dunn and his first uh, the eighth pick, that. and he takes <laughs> Nielakina. So essentially I've turned – I, I look at the Giannis trade as that Damn I got Mike more than what I actually got because <laughs> I kept, I kept uh, flipping those assets. Hold on, I wrote it all down here. I had forgotten so, that you traded. I thought you had Josh Jackson and then traded him to Josh for some reason. I did at the end of the rookie year. I traded him. So this is what I consider that I got for Giannis. I got Tatum. I got Josh Which, Jackson. Tatum Tatum is a, a fantastic player. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Tatum, Josh Jackson, Schroeder. I got Dunn, and I got the pick that became Luca. Because Jeff was really bad that year. So then I had the second and third pick the next year also. So I had yeah. Jeff's pick at two, which was Luca, and I had my pick at three. All this turn on me. So <laughs> this, this is Jeff's fault. Uh, no, so so really for Giannis, I got Tatum, Dunn, Jackson, Schroeder, and Luca. If you like the, the the sub moves that I made after that in that draft with the assets that I got. Well, it's not Luca. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. and Caps. Well, yes, right. But yeah, so like, but the the pick that became him. Yeah, yeah. For that's sure. a lot. That's so two top three picks. Yeah. A guy that was a number four pick the year before, and Schroeder in Atlanta was like a sixteen and seven guy. And I planned on keeping Schroeder. He was really good for me. I was way better than I thought I was going to be that year because I was kind of like what Jeremy is this year. Jackson had productive stats in Phoenix. Tatum was productive. Schroeder was productive. Like all of a sudden I had all these guys that were playing in Yahoo and putting up stats, but I wasn't winning non-Yahoo points. Uh, what year then, was this? What year was the honest trade done, Jeff? It was done summer of 17. Okay. I think it's also important to remember that Giannis couldn't shoot, still really can't. And this is like – the the like three point evolution is in full swing at this point too, which like Giannis isn't an all star. He can't shoot three pointers. That's I think that's important too. Yeah, I'm. You're really trying to make him feel good about himself. Well, I people think... just shit all over this trade unfairly, <laughs> and and so, I I, I, mean, I ended like up I, getting a lot for it. Yeah, the Luca one is the Luca one. I think is worse. The Luke, yeah. I don't I don't know how to defend the Luke one. I think the Luke one was you just didn't believe Luca was real, and there were he was kind of polarizing, and you were on the side that doubted him, which is fair. A lot of people were. Yeah. Uh, it is tough yeah. to justify trading away the top two of the top five players in our league. Yeah, it's very hard. But at, yeah, at the time, neither one of them, neither one of them were 
Yeah, I mean, Lucas is Luca a top five player? He's not a top five player. But I, Luca, I don't even consider. I had him on my team because Michael and I had talked trade for for a long time leading up to the draft, and I had talked trade with Kavanaugh. I really wanted two big men from the draft, and so I had talked trade with Kavanaugh. Of, I'll trade you three and something else, and I was going to take Aiton and Bagley. I was a big Bagley guy. I was going to take Aiton and Bagley one, two, if I could trade with Kavanaugh, but he wouldn't do it. He thought I was just lying to him and I was going to take Aiton and Luca, So he wouldn't make a deal with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's how Cavs, hell, that's how Cavs views so, everything. So, <laughs> Michael and I had a deal agreed to, but I was like, I don't love it, but I'm going to look around for more. I actually had a deal and Santoni nixes it because the money doesn't line up during my five minute window to pick or whatever I have. I made a deal with McInturf, who's not This is McInturf's last stamp on the league is that he <laughs> yep. F'd this trade over. So I have <laughs> I'm trading him the second pick so that he can move up to get Bagley. Uh, but I didn't know he wanted Bagley at the time. I just assumed he wanted Luca. So I guess shame on me for not asking. He I ha- I was gonna get Murray and four, and he was gonna get done and two, and he was gonna take I believe, uh, Michael, you took like Tony Snell's really terrible contract. I believe he was going to take that yeah. really terrible contract also. So I was going to get Murray in four. So I would have had Murray three and four. And um, cap space. And cap space. But we send it in. So we both agree to it. Send it in. I'm waiting. Jeff's like processing it. All of a sudden goes, nope, trade's no good. You got two minutes to make your pick. And I'm like, crap. And so I knew that Michael wanted to do the Luca deal with me. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just take Luca just in case. So then I can, I have this deal that I want to do later. Yeah. And so I take Luca and then I really, this is the year since Tony went to Europe. So we drafted late. So again, oh, Kevin Knox blows up in summer league. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Knox was like oh, pretty right. high on my radar too. But so I had then, I traded the third pick before the draft for, uh, I traded away Greg Monroe's bad contract and a third pick and the 16th pick for the sixth pick and the 30th pick. So I got rid of Mon- which I won this trade by a significant amount, got rid of Monroe. Monroe and I drafted, Monroe fell off a cliff. I drafted Jaron Jackson and Gary Trent, and he drafted Knox and Lonnie Walker. And I would say both of the guys I got are better. Yeah. Uh, Although that, Lonnie Walker's playing good minutes. And- he, yeah, he's playing a little bit more. And Gary ha- has his moments. Like, he blew up that Laker game, but he's been – so so since then. Well, and, and well, it's a different role, two different roles. Yeah, yeah. And you have so, Jaron Jackson Jr. And let me just say, Triple J is good. He is gonna be good. I keep trying to get Triple J from Tyler, and he won't give he him to me. me once a month. <laughs> <laughs> Played like seven uh, games. He's never like, he's, he's never healthy. Almost... In the bubble, he averaged twenty-five points a game. And like three rebounds, which drives me nuts. But, but he gets blocks uh, and he gets threes, right? He gets blocks and threes, which is pretty elite. Um, I had to. I was just watching his highlights the other day, like reminding myself, like <laughs> <laughs> really good. Don't trade him. He's really good. Don't trade him. I feel really good about my core seven that I have right now. But yeah, so then, so that Murray trade blows up in my face. So I know I have this Luca deal in my back pocket, and technically, yes, I drafted Luca. He never played a game for me. The day after the, gra- the draft, I text Michael. I'm like, okay, let's do that trade because Bradley ends up 
because Tony Bros takes knocks at three and throws everything like into That's a, right. a whirlwind. Bradley's like, that. well, I don't need to do the trade now with oh. you because I got Bagley at four. I didn't or even have you to mean Adam. Up any you mean Adam. Oh yeah, Adam. Yeah. So he ends up getting his guy at four without having to do the trade. So, I mean, yes, I traded him, Luca, but the to me it was we traded picks beforehand and stuff. But then what? Well, I remember I getting a text. Team, I remember getting a text from you on draft day, being like. Listen, it's a cluster. I'm taking Luca. We'll work it out in the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. But where your team really took off is after that, in that off season, you went I wrote this down, you went on like a trading spree. Oh, you yeah. traded you traded Porzingis for Turner. You traded Hardaway and a second for Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. And you traded uh you got Robert Covington for Thon Maker and a third round pick. So you get a, an elite steals guy, you get Jamal Murray, and you get the league leader in blocks. This like, Tyler, this is why, Tyler, this is why they call me Phil Jackson. Well, <laughs> and, also, and then halfway through the year, don't you get you get Pascal Siakam? Siakam for yeah. Mario Hazonia. This is going to go. This is, uh, and I, let first, me just gloat. A first round pick for this Siakam. is my gloat. This is my gloat right now is that that team will go down as the greatest team in history for our league. What did you say? How many points did you I score? To, I lapped the field, right? You had Levine was, that year It was also. close to double. Yeah. You had Levine on a rookie contract that year. You had Siakam on a rookie contract that year. Mm-hmm. He was uh, MIP was that year. Siakam was MIP that year. Giannis was MVP that year. And Luca was rookie of the year. So MIP, yeah. rookie of the year, and MVP were all on the same team. This was the greatest. That's like 20, that's like 20 points. right yeah this is and what ended up happening and then i just sat on my laurels and just shit the bed this year basically so what i would like to say also is for those two trades i've single-handedly been responsible for him losing malcolm brogdon zach levine and kyrie irving (laughs) in the last two off seasons for nothing all three of those guys for nothing so the Malcolm Brogdon, could, the Malcolm Brogdon thing pissed me off. I thought I was gonna be able to get Malcolm Brogdon cheap, and I thought he was under the radar. Tyler was new though. Tyler knew. Tyler knew. Well, it, so you took Turner from me, so I had to get somebody else. So, so Tyler, can I back <laughs> that up? That's your option, Brogdon or Turner. <laughs> Tyler, I want to back up summer or uh, 2018. You got Jalen Brown from the Meat Stormers for Alfaro Camino, Marcus Smart, and a second. Yep. Talk to me about that one. Like, what was the conversation with Dill to get? Dill thought that he so Jalen Jalen uh, had a down year his third year because this is year five for him. So his third year was kind of down. Like Tatum's second Cause year. Tatum, Tatum took over. Well, and Kyrie played that year. Kyrie oh, and right. Hayward was back from the injury too. So there was this whole kind of yeah. dynamic of – because in the playoffs, Tatum's rookie year, Brown's second year, they were both really good, but no Hayward and no Kyrie. So year three for Brown, year two for Tatum. And Tatum's year two wasn't that great either. I mean, it was like you look back at it and it was fine, but it wasn't like he didn't take this jump from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. So Dill kind of wasn't that high on – brown anymore just because you didn't know like there were so many mouths to feed there and then i think the aminu factor was a push for him also of being on the blazers and being a 10.8 rebound guy or whatever he was um 
Because that one, so that I just one went for it. I just was like, really I, I need. I started to realize that I needed guys on controllable contracts, and I was like, well, I like Jalen, so I put that out there, and it worked, I guess. Okay. And that also was kind of a factor in in me t- in trading. I never explored trading Tatum, but uh, Christian reached out to me because he had a lot of contracts coming off at the same time and Mm -hmm. was afraid of not being able to pay Booker. And Tatum came off kind of a little bit of a disappointing second year. And I was like, okay, well, I think Tatum will be what Booker is, but Booker already is what he is. And he was giving me a first round pick. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how do I not do that? Even though I love Tatum and didn't want to trade him, I just was like, how do that's I trade a, a player trade. that's yeah. equally as good and I'm getting a first-round pick, which I wasted by – Kavanaugh took uh, – Jack. I really wanted Jackson Hayes, who hasn't really been anything. And then he took him, and now I kind of – I took Nasir at like 11th – the 11th pick. Uh, hey. I, didn't, I didn't have a pick that year, so I didn't do a ton of draft research. And then all of a sudden, like – we made that – I was driving to – this draft was at Bill's house. I'm driving to the draft, and we're texting about the trade. And all of a sudden, now I have a pick, and it's time to draft. And I was like, well, this year was a lottery pick, most people thought, and fell. So I was like, well, I'll just take him, and he's on the Blazers. But then I ended up trading him to Dill for some other – my favorite trade partner. So. Well, and, and honestly, in that draft, when you go past – you go past – it's a weird draft. 2019 was a weird draft. Yeah. I ended up getting Hunter now from Dill, so that's okay. It worked out. It ended up being better. So I kind of look at it, too. I traded so many picks, but then I look at it and I say, okay, my first year in the league, I had a, a pick, 2015, and I have a player from 2015, Devin Booker. The second year in the draft, I traded my pick, but I ended up with the guy that I traded in Jalen Brown. Then 2018 or 2017, is my pick is Dennis Smith. So I have a player from every – a top 10 pick from every year. I got Booker. I got Jalen Brown. I got Dennis Smith. I got Jaron Jackson. I got DeAndre Hunter and now Wiseman. So my six years, those are my draft – like if I never traded any picks, I have a guy from each year, and all of them are good except for one. So this, I mean, this is my question to you. You've made 39 trades. You, you've actually had the only two, like three team trades in our, in our history. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, like what, if, I, if I score it, Forrest, you had them at a plus five. I actually, I edited it. I went back through and tried to fix the mistakes that I made. And I still came out plus one. Okay. And I came out minus one. So you average that. You can't, you push. Like you've mm-hmm. made 39 trades and your team is, about the same right i mean i mean in a very in, you know, in theory yeah i mean uh, my team is way better than it was when it came in just because the sheer amount of players right. in our league are yeah. are better but yeah but I, I made this point like we on the draft or uh, on the first podcast we came out and we were kind of looking at the teams and i said I, you know tyler's better and and the, the, you feel like you're going for it this year i think we argued that you're you're still a little bit away well i don't think i'm going like i was a playoff team last year i had the seventh pick in the draft this year okay so you finished jeremy has my pick so yeah i can't what i've been bad at is making like 
I've made a lot of bad decisions, like overspending for free agents and getting rid of draft picks. And so what I told myself is don't go and make a stupid trade just to prevent Jeremy from having a high pick. Like you already gave Jeremy that pick. Like don't go like make your team worse now just to prevent him from having a top four pick. Right. And so I think that my top, my core seven of Brogdon, Levine, Booker, Brown, Hunter, Jackson, Wiseman, like that seven is solid and they're on good contracts. Like I'm paying Booker the most out of all those at 20. Uh, and Levine is only 17 and Brown is decelerating and the other three are all, or the other guys are on rookie. Brogdon's nine, the other are on rookie. And so- Yeah, your, your Jalen Brown decelerating contract was, that was a, a CBA research deep dive kudos right there. Well, that's there. what I did on Levine the year before to you. That's well, how I got- No Levine one paid attention that. because everyone was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so- um, I feel really good about where I'm at now. And I told this to Brett after listening to the podcast that he was on is like, when your team is bad, you can tinker away to try to find the right thing as much as you want. And it's not really hard. Like I've tinkered so much and it hasn't hurt me, but it hasn't helped me. But now I feel like I found something that I can run with. And when I look at the, the trade that you and I and Forrest did, the three team trade to take on, Isaiah, where I took Isaiah Thomas's contract, I'm saving $18 million in the offseason next year because of that trade. Okay. And ultimately, my team didn't get like worse off of it. Like, Olenek is playing pretty good. Yeah. And he, I mean, him and Cantor fantasy wise are similar. They're different categories, but they're uh-huh. just as productive as, as one another. Lamb is not playing right now, which hurts me. But is he really going to be that different than? Uh, like he'll be worse than Harrison Barnes, but will he be significantly worse? Like he's, he's cleared to start practicing. He's going to play in a week or two. So he'll be good for Yahoo, but I can, Olenek is expiring. Lamb has an option that I won't pick up. I'll wave and stretch Isaiah Thomas and I'll have 20 mil, 21 million in cap space to go get somebody to put with this core seven that I have. And if I don't, use that money or if guys get matched like if I go after restricted guys I have that money the next year also so now I have a a two-year window where I can do some research and say okay I can add a 20 million dollar a year guy to this core that I have uh and you know I don't have my pick this year and you know if Jeremy gets a really high pick because of it he gets a high pick because of it, but I didn't want to be like, oh, because I don't want Jeremy to have a high pick, I'm going to go throw 20 million at somebody and mm-hmm. restrict myself from having paths in the future. So yeah. I don't think that I got significantly worse. I think I got better than what I was last year, and I was the the sixth place yeah. team in our league. I would have been in the playoffs. So yeah. I think that our the middle of our league is like really, really – really competitive like it could go to anybody on any given week in yahoo and especially with covid and people going to be out and and whatnot like i just was like jeremy has my pick like don't screw it up and do something really stupid but give yourself future flexibility yeah so well that was my question is like and it was on the podcast can tyler not tinker yeah a couple years and and really allow his team to mature because i think 
a lot of us liked your your roster um, long term, but we like Hunter has been way better than I mm-hmm. than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of weird. Like how I fell to that trade was weird because I didn't know like. I don't really have many big guys and I was, I didn't know what was going to happen with Wiseman. So I didn't want to put him in my starting lineup. So I was messaging a couple of people of, can I get a four or a five that I can have be my, my non-Yahoo starter. Mm-hmm. And I well, really, the only reason I think that I went after Hunter is because he had just gotten Collins and I was like, well, maybe he doesn't think that highly of them. Like, you know, I didn't put too much research into like, Hey, Deandre Hunter is going to have a breakout year. It was like, maybe I can get this guy that was a top four pick that was fairly productive as a rookie and see what happens. And I don't think I lose that. I mean, if we do a pick swap, I don't think I'm losing that much in, in 2022, which is supposed to be a deep draft. And if it's not a pick swap, that means my team's really good and he's getting my second round pick. So yeah. I think I'm in a good spot going for like for all the moves that I've made. Like I said, my core seven, I really like. You could even add Sadiq Bay to that as a core eight mm-hmm. now because he's been better than I thought. Um, and I have 20 million in cap space. So it's either like damn out of bio Jason Tatum or save that for to make sure that Michael has to max Luca. Those are my. <laughs> Those are the three guys that I'm like, okay, this offseason, those are the two guys that are restricted, but that's the fear. Like Peter and I were having this. He's like going through my first offseason, I realized how hard it is to get somebody in free agency because majority of the time a restricted free agent gets matched. Like Michael didn't match on Brogdon and he didn't match on Levine, but I don't know how else, how often other guys aren't getting matched. Like people well, aren't just Siakam. I didn't match go. on Siakam. Right. So you've, but you've been in a horrible cap situation. Well, you you were potentially going to be if you sign them. So yep. guys keep their guys. You match. So that's the scary part, I guess, of me with this money having to be opportunistic about it and not just wasting the cap space to well, just I think, get it matched. I think that's the the real benefit of not trading guys you draft is – that control you have over Mm -hmm. like for me this year I was scared that I was gonna have to really pay Karis LeVert and I think I probably benefited from the from Kyrie and and um, Durant coming in but um but I got him on a a really team-friendly deal um and I but I think I probably would have I know Tony Rose were going to make an offer for him and just like made an offer for Siakam ahead of him. Um, and so, and, and I put my offer in for Levert in time. So like, um, you know, their money was tied up. So it worked out for me, but um, yeah. yeah, I think that's the one thing about like, but I don't know. It doesn't always work out that way. I mean, I definitely coming in when I came into the league, I did not, appreciate the value of having controllable contracts like well, my, well you have to go through a couple I, you have to go through a couple free agency periods to re, to recognize it true but even like in the the expansion draft i chose a couple of the people that i chose were on expiring contracts so they were immediately restricted free agents but i had to go mm-hmm. and pay yeah. and so it's like and what like yeah it was 
I was not smart about that. Like looking back, like Jeremy in the expansion and Brett got Middleton, who had a pretty high contract at the time, and Tobias, and they each flipped those for additional first round picks, you know? And I remember texting Jeremy. He's like, I think I'm going to get Tobias. And I'm like, why? That doesn't make sense for your team. He's like, I'll just get him and it'll be a trade asset later. And sure enough, he trades him to me and gets an extra first round pick <laughs> out of it. And then to make matters worse, he signs him in free agency this year. So literally the trade that we did together, he got all of my players and he got the guy back and the pick. He got Wendell Carter, Tobias Harris, and my first round pick this year for – what amounted to Kyrie Irving for me that I traded now for James Wiseman and Kevin Knox. So James Wiseman, ultimately, I got Wiseman and Knox, and he got Tobias Harris, Wendell Carter, and my first-round pick next year. So that was a good – you know, that ended up well for me. <laughs> and, and Wendell Carter was who you traded for for Luca, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. So it was uh... – a. Jaron Jackson. Yeah. No, you chose you chose Wendell at five because you wanted yeah. Wendell and I wanted Jaron Jackson Jr. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So no, then no, I no. Just, I have here that I took Jaron Jackson at six, then Wendell at fifth. Oh, and then you took Wendell. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So should we jump into Michael's? Michael's? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think you know. So let me give you the quick little breakdown here. So, Michael, you've made 20 trades. Uh, your top trade partner, believe it or not, is the Flint Tropics at six of those trades. Um, again, doing the plus minus and push, I have you as a plus eight on your trades. Um, Forrest, what, what, did you give it? do his? I got plus eight, too. I, we didn't have the same uh, evaluation of all the trades, but I ended up with plus eight as well. Plus eight. So again, Tyler, we had you 39 for a minus one or a plus one or a zero average. And, and so um, Michael gets the, uh, the golden star for this podcast on uh, the trade breakdown. Um, but I mean, I think honestly, like early, the, the biggest trade you made early, and it really, again, was a league altering trade was the, uh, you got DeMarcus Cousins from the Meat Stormers for Draymond Green, Anthony Bennett and a second round pick. And um, was that, that became Mitch, Mitch McGarry. Mitch yeah. McGarry. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, and then I won and then I won the t two years afterwards. Yeah. So, and, and for league history, um, DeMarcus cousins was on the first four championship teams. Mm -hmm. So in 2010, 2011, he was on the meat stormers. Uh, and then 20, no, 2010, 11, 12 was on the meat stormers. And then 13 and 14 was on your team. So that, that was a huge trade. Uh, got you your first two titles. Um, what, what was, what was the, the breakdown there? How did you approach Dill? Did Dill approach you? What was kind of the story behind that? Uh, the story behind that was, I remember that was, that was seven years ago because it was when my son was born. It was literally, I was in the delivery room texting Dill. <laughs> Like, I mean, the baby wasn't like coming out. It was like, we were laboring. Right. right? Sure. And we were finalizing that trade. Um, my son. <laughs> and that was the year his son was born. Ironically, he named his son Bennett, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Um, and I, 
I don't remember the exact structure of the league at that point, but there was some motivation for Dill to get off of DeMarcus Cousins. Do we have contract? I don't remember exactly. Did he have – what was it, Jeff? Uh, it, well, it, it was kind of a cluster. It was like a 100-point scale. But, okay. But rookie contracts were, like, worth the most. It, it, was, it was really kind of backwards. And so I, I'd have to go back and look at all the rules. It, there was just some incentive for Dill to get rid of him. And yeah. I – he liked it. I mean, Dill said this on the last podcast. He liked Anthony Bennett. He thought he was going to be Larry Johnson again. And um, that year, Anthony Bennett, like, went number one to the Cleveland Cavs, and that was the year – was LeBron on that team yet again or no? Forget. No. No. no but Kyrie there. was there. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I just They said, had Kyrie, Thompson, and then Bennett was the next year, I think, because they had back-to-back number and one. Was that the first Yahoo year, Jeff, or close to? It was probably close to it, yeah. Yeah, and I remember thinking in my head, I remember being like, okay, Yahoo's – Yahoo was it, the league was heavily weighted towards Yahoo at the beginning. Like I yeah. remember thinking, wow, if I get a bunch of guys that score 12 points and get six rebounds a game, I could win this <laughs> league. And that's just what I did is I got a bunch of guys that were fine. Yeah. Um, and, and then of course, boogie. And, um, but cause, it, cause the first year I came in the league, which was the, maybe the year before I got Kyrie, which, you know, that was, to come into the league and get the first pick and get Kyrie is, you know, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I can remember, man. That was a long time ago though. No. Yeah. And so, I mean, looking at your, like you made one trade in 12, one in 13, one in 14, one in 15, three and 16, two and 17. And then like Tyler, you brought up in 18, you made nine trades, I think one, two, mm-hmm. I made nine trades. You made eight trades in eighteen, so that's when you came back. Garage. After you got Giannis, he went on like this three, like Turner for Zing. This was okay. This was the F. This was this was this this was F. Touch reverse box. I know I can beat him. I'm gonna do it here. (laughs) That's what this was. Is he had one two years in a row, and I said F this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this back. And I remember I went right towards Adam McIntyre because I knew he was weak prey. And I could I got Jamal Murray from him for like for Tim Hardaway. For Tim Hardaway and a second, second round pick. Yeah. yeah. And and uh and then I got Giannis and then what was the other one I got? I got, got Siakam from Jeremy later in the year, right? You got you traded Porzingis for Turner and you traded Thon Maker and a third for Robert. Cousins. Yeah. And so the Porzingis for Turner thing, cause they're the same, they're the same draft class, right, Jeff? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that being like, well, I think Porzingis is going to be a long, a better long-term well, asset. He was the ACL at that point, but he had had his ACL injury yeah. the year before. So I remember thinking like, I want to win this year. I'm going to make this trade. I think Turner is going to help me now. It was, it was an, it was a win now thing. Yeah. Well, and, and it was it was when Zingas was hurt, and then my team was terrible. Like I thought it was going to be good, and it became terrible from injury. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I uh, had your pick. Sense for me to trade a guy that's put like Turner putting up good blocks, but I wasn't going to win it. And that's the year I traded my first to Tyler because I thought I was going to be good, and then I had all these injuries, and I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that was me trying to catch up with Touch Reverse Box. That's what I was trying to do. And I oh, and it's really important. Other context to this is that I at that point still had Jokic on 
a $1 million, $1 million a year contract, right? Yeah, it, it was yeah. on our original second round picks. One, yeah, $1 million a year. It was like the minimum at that point. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. it was before the second round picks had like, we had like a rookie contract. It was all kind of convoluted. It's, and um, So I had Jokic on a four-year, $1 million a year contract for the first four years of his existence, which gave me – all this cap space to do whatever the hell I wanted. And now I'm having to reconcile that because he makes $30 million a year or whatever the hell it is. That was your Curry. That was your Curry Warriors contract that allowed you to get Durant. Exactly. The the best part of that Jokic and and like I brought this up before, but um, I remember watching league pass and I'm like, this guy is amazing. And I had Mo Harkless on a million dollar contract. And I was like, I bet I can trade Mo Harkless for this guy. Because I'm like, Michael's he'll want the blazer guy. Like yeah. and you were like, oh, let me think about it. And then like two days later, you're like, nope. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember then I because we that was our league pass group had, had developed at that point. And then I was like, uh, oh, Jokic, let me see. And I just started watching games. I started watching games. And I'm like, this guy's freaking good freaking good. Wow. He is good. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this right now. <laughs> no, I think I, I remember so almost we had a conversation about like a Bobby Portis for Jokic. Jokic one time it wasn't that wasn't like the feature of the trade it was oh. something else that we were trying to get done and I was trying to like backdoor Jokic and I'm like oh it's another like Portis is a young big who can shoot it a little bit and play and you're yeah. like no nah, I just can't do it well I remember at one point I googled like top 10 Jokic highlights from his rookie year or something like that I just googled it when people were asking me and I just watched like the best plays that he had and I was like I can't trade this guy he's he he's a wizard (laughs) um and that but that Jokic contract I mean everyone talks about the Giannis and the Luka thing but that Jokic contract is the is the thing that really allowed me to stack my team because yeah. I was paying him $1 million for the year for four years. And the last two years of his contract, he was, I don't know if he was an all-star. Was he an all-star two years ago? He was an all-star last year. I think yeah, he was. He was putting up that, those kind of numbers. Whether he, was he, was close not, to, but... he was close to. He was close to, yeah. And, um, and now I'm, 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 having to pay, I'm having to pay for that because I obviously had to pay him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, now, yeah, now that's your kind of – you have to figure out what guys – and I think all our leagues have to figure this out, right? Like, which guys are you – do you really need to pay? And where can you find those value contracts that yeah. will actually, you know, pick up your Yahoo? And which non-Yahoo contracts do you need? Because that's – I mean, the non-Yahoo, obviously, we try to make it 50-50. Um, but, like, right now, Michael, you're struggling in the Yahoo – However, when those other points start to come out, it's going to start to level that playing field. Um, so I feel like you need a combo of both. And it's like, you got to be able to hit on those big, big contracts. You got to be able to hit on both. Well, yeah, and- that's what I was thinking. It's going to be in a couple of years. It could be very, there's really, really big contracts and really small contracts. And there's not going to be too many, you know, middle contracts because you're, you're going to be paying three guys a lot who pick up your non-Yahoo points. And you're gonna want your Yahoo points, and so it's gonna be three dollar, four dollar, five dollar Karis Levert contracts. Or right. I mean, because like, how many MVP like candidates are there in the league? Right. Like, how many? Five. There's usually about five. Yeah. Right. Like, Kawhi, Luca, Giannis. I don't know who else. Uh, AD, maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, Hypothetically. 
every year hypothetically hypothetically yeah three guys on your team are all mvp well i mean i'm just saying like and i think what's hard is when you're in the i mean gosh it's just it's it's an embarrassment of riches at this point but it also it also sucks because you have to decide like what do you you know i'm i'm i obviously kept the flexibility to be able to keep luca if i to on uh and to get to match whatever i want because i i uh i made the hayward and the jamal murray contracts a team option for that third year so i can just not pick that up and match luca you're gonna be paying 80 million to those three guys basically right so it's like well and who knows and part of me is part of me is you know wondering like well what's the league gonna look like what what rules is jeff gonna pull out of his butt at that point (laughs) i need to prepare i need to prepare myself to be flexible because I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, we follow the CBA to the best of your ability. Come on now. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, it's different. This league is a different – Is that a, this is a – it's a COVID year, obviously. But regardless of whether or not it was going to be a COVID year, this, this year was going to be the begin, a dawn of a new kind of era in the league where there was much more parity mm-hmm. and – um, and that, and it, it's only been really kind of highlighted by the fact that there's COVID. I give Jeff a bunch of shit by the, because of the COVID <laughs> stuff and how he's allowed like every t- every roster, every like people to have twenty people on their roster. But uh, it, regardless or not, this was going to be the year that there was going to be a lot more parity in this league. But you signed. What did you have? You had like twelve guys on your roster at the start of the wow. year. I had twelve. I had twelve guys on my <laughs> roster because I didn't know we were going to roster twenty eight guys. I didn't know that. But you can oh, fill four fifteen. Like and literally, it was like a, a day before the league started. Jeff's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, guys, we're going to have twenty eight guys on the roster." And, and well, I was like, "What the hell? Michael I thought we were doing twelve. Michael was just thinking he didn't need to worry about the three guys that were going to be his IR non Yahoo guys. I didn't think I didn't care about part. that. But well, apparently oh those God. guys like, and that's why Jeremy's kicking everyone's ass because Jeremy's got three blue chippers at his like, uh, at the on those slots on his team. Well, that that scotch hit, didn't it, Mike? Um, <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. It, it's bourbon. It's bourbon, actually. Oh. <laughs> um, well, hey, to be to to be fair to myself, the NBA changed the rule at the last minute. I understand. So we implemented it. I. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a poor loser. I just want to sound like I want. I'm griping as much as everyone else. I want to sound like I'm equally <laughs> griping. Well, it's funny too because so- like I don't love the rule because I feel like when you get a guy injured and you're playing against a team that's not injured, like you're like I'm a I'm a man down. And then yeah. this COVID stuff hitting. But what I'm realizing is every team starting. To, every team's gonna hit that at some point. Yeah. And I feel like it's gonna all balance out by the end of the season. I I, I mean. I was listening to Zach Lowe the other day and they were like talking about how, what if the season just like gets suspended? I mean, I don't even know. It's like, who knows what's going to happen this year? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I know they didn't really want to postpone too much, but obviously they did today with the, uh... they said today they have no plans of having like a two week break or anything. They're just going to try to push through it. Like baseball did. Yeah. See what happens. Um. But it'll be, I, you know, I feel like, honestly, like the NBA, and I could be wrong, but it just seems like they're the smartest of all the leagues I've seen, yeah. how they do things. Oh, um, totally. I feel like they're way smarter than the NFL. And I'm like, if the NFL could figure out a way to do it, I feel like the NBA is going to be able to do it too. They just seem like they're at least dialed with their stuff. I could be wrong. But. Well, and, and just to be fair, like when you look back in the history of our league, 
it should parallel the history of the NBA. And you know this year is going to be a fluke year, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe the Lakers win everything, but the playoffs are going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are going to be t- teams in the playoffs that shouldn't shouldn't or wouldn't have been in the playoffs. It was a regular season. So that's really how our league should look too, right? So the fact that Jeremy's 2-0 and and he's going to be 2-1, I bitch about that, but it parallels the yeah, NBA. What's the Knicks record so far? It's, I mean, they're, yeah, they've got like six wins and four losses or something, something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like even the Bulls were four and even the Bulls were four and four, I think after beating us, yep. they had the same record as us after beating us. So I like, yep. looked at it. I was like, God, we lost to the Bulls. I was like, Oh, they have the same record as us. Yeah. 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 It'd be, yeah it's going to be interesting. Um, it is. It, I wonder if Michael, if it's gonna, you're gonna face this like uh, backlash where like teams aren't gonna want to trade with you. Um, I'm already feeling it, dude. It's just icy. Every every text message <laughs> I said it's icy. It is icy. <laughs> it is icy. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. Like you know, again, looking at what you did, like the year you could go for it, you you made a lot of moves and and they worked out for you. Um, you know, you look at strategy of what people are doing. Um, you know, you've made 20 of the Tyler's made 30. What do we say? 39. Um, I think the next highest is Dill at 24. Um, so um, teams that have won it outside of Tyler, you know, it's, it's they're making some moves. And uh, yeah, if I could give advice to the younger teams that have a ton of assets and this isn't self. In, I mean, this is somewhat self-interest, but yeah. You should trade. Make some freaking trades. Be a little bit more like Tyler. It will serve you well. It will serve you well. <laughs> and I, that are, there is some self-interest in that. But, I mean, I don't want to hate on Kavanaugh here. But Kav- Kavanaugh has shot himself in the foot over and over again because he doesn't make trades. He's made five. Yeah. He's, he's made there one you go. Trade He's made five trades. And, and Kavanaugh has a good roster. Kavanaugh has a good roster. Made five trades. And he's going to be 0 and 3, I think. Did he win this week? He won. He won. Okay. He won. And I, I love, I love, I love Chris. I think he's great. I feel like ideologically we agree on a lot of things, <laughs> except for he is fairly rigid and conservative when it comes to making trades. Well, and- do you guys find, any, and I actually had this conversation with him the other day, do you find it any much ironic that he lambasts Neil O'Shea? For his internal development, <laughs> but, but his his team in ya or in uh, Draftastic is complete internal development. Like no free agency. It's all draft and stash. It's, I think I think Freud calls that projective identification. That's what. There we go. <laughs> you got it. So Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> The reason why you hate Neil O'Shea, Chris, is because you hate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm happy with this podcast. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's double fisting us right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. Good well, time. I think I think yeah, I think we've got plenty of good fodder for a, a feisty uh, slack channel discussion in a couple days here sounds good sounds good perfect thanks guys for uh coming oh. on any uh anything you want to close off with anything else anybody needs to say 
no all right um yeah that was fun we got to get uh there's i i felt like we needed to to have this this out i feel like it just comes up it was percolating too too often coming up in the chat um but we got to get uh we got to get the winners on we got to finally have patty on yes you should try to you should try to do them with all three of the new guys because even though peter wasn't an expansion team those three teams are all pretty new yeah Uh, having three of them on together could be cool yeah yeah you should and christian needs to be on he hasn't been on yet i'd Um, love to hear christian he's uh you know he's one right i mean he's probably the favorite to win this year at this point based on how everything looks he he should be on really good Yeah. yeah yeah So uh, we got to. It's going to be interesting next year, though, because he's going to have to pay Mitchell and Tatum, which probably means he'll lose. Middleton he swung. He swung for the Draymond. fence. I mean, he really signed a bunch of guys this year. It seems like he really he's trying to win this year, which yeah. that's what I would do if I was him too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to get those guys on, and I, my thought with Patty is like, as soon as the James Harden trade happens, then oh, oh. that's the time to do it with with him. So yeah. I'm really curious to hear what his personality is like in real life versus Slack. <laughs> Me too. Uh, he's honestly really like I was the best man at his wedding. He's really quiet. Uh, he's very like quiet and pretty to himself. Like Jeff might attest to this, like, you know, coaching us in football, like him and I are both very quiet, like leaders on our football team and not very vocal. That he's the same way and like we have a him and I have a group text with a group of our friends and he's the same he's the same way that he is in Slack. He <laughs> talks all the time. But like if you're just hanging out with him, like if him and I just hang out, it's very calm and casual. Very cool. <laughs> There's probably a diagnosis in there too, Michael. There yeah, sure. I don't know what it is, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, have a good week. Don't get COVID. Thanks, guys. Go Blazers. Yeah, go Blazers. Oh, Raptors right. tomorrow. All right. All right. All right. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.